0: and talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll and today it's been a long time coming but they're here at last. One of the architects, one of the pioneers of the new wave of British heavy metal, Saxon. Lead singer Biff Bifford is here. Love the fact that Biff is here. We toured with Saxon back in 2013. We had such a blast. Uh, We're going to talk about their new record, Thunderbolt. Talk about all of the new dates that they're doing in the UK starting this Friday, February 23rd in Cardiff. If you live in Cardiff in Wales, go check out Saxon. And then on March 13th, they're coming to the States with Judas Priest. This incredible bill starts in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, to the end of uh, april you can get all tickets and information at saxon747.com that's saxon747.com biff bifford is here and you'll find out why it's so important for them to keep recording and releasing new albums they put one out every couple years he's talking about the making of thunderbolt his favorite songs to play live the band's first ever tour of the states supporting rush on the moving pictures tour uh, what lemmy and motorhead did for saxon all throughout the band's career the great uh, chicken debate fozzy versus saxon where's my chicken i want chicken i love chicken uh have you ever seen the movie spinal tap some of that was based on Saxon. although biff will deny it to the death great great rock and roll hero the legendary biff byford is here let's take it away saxon right now on talk is jericho Talking here with, uh, with with Biff Bifford from Saxon, but that's oh, your son. We started, yeah, yeah, before. good. Nice. The real behind the scenes oh, stuff. Oh, cool. Because yeah. you wanted to have your son's band and talk about them a little bit. Naked Naked Six. Yeah, yeah. And um, they've got some really good tunes. You've asked me to post them for you uh, on Twitter. Though I don't think you really understand what I'm doing when I post them well probably not now no. <laughs> but how is it for you being obviously legendary you know british heavy metal band for 40 odd years and now your son's getting into the business is it weird is it, uh, no, it a different no, world it's now it's not
1: weird it's good actually um you know i mean they're they're 19 so they're doing their thing aren't they you know yeah. they're, they're trying to bring something new to the to the pot you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah, you just heard him, you know, he <laughs> just bought some, he looks like he's just walked out the 60s, you know? <laughs> yeah. could be down, could be down Carnaby Street, tonight with Mick Jagger or something that's like right, that, John that's 65. the 65. Sort of look he's got, that's uh, right, going today, yeah, for that's that, yeah. yeah, what's old but, is new, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, they're good, I mean, yeah, yeah their tunes are, um, you know, it's, um, it's a sort of mixture of different style, but it's, it's definitely rock
0: music, you know mm. what I mean? So how is it for you, like, do you see him doing the same mistakes, are you trying to give him advice, does he listen to his dad? Uh, well, I don't have anything to do with his songwriting. He mm-hmm.
1: does that all himself. You know, I don't want him to be another Saxon, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, no, sure no I just advise it. him on the business things. You know, right. like um, they haven't signed a contract yet, but, you know, there's a few people being offered him things. So I'll just steer them, you know,
0: so, that, so they're set up. Kind of go through the you filter know. a little bit from what, your experience.
1: Yeah, I don't want him to be ripped off. You know, mm-hmm. we were ripped off back in the 80s. So yeah, yeah i mean, like a lot of bands was. It seems to be part of the deal. Sure, right, yeah, right, if You right. can have a record deal, but we have to rip you off. Oh, fine, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get ripped off? Well, just the money goes missing, doesn't it? And, you know, they, they used to have, like, um, you know, manufacturing plants in Portugal and places where, you know, they were guarded by people with guns and things. So <laughs> they couldn't really, back in the 80s, we couldn't really find out how many albums we'd actually sold. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, the figures didn't add up to the amount of albums that were in the shops, like there was
0: no sca- sound scanner? No, there was none of that. It was frame, just right? like
1: the racks and racks the vinyls, wasn't it? Vinyls mm. and cassettes. Right, right, right. Which I've just done a deal, actually, for releasing cassettes on our next new album. Really? Yeah. Back to that again. Pure yeah. and simply because, you know, going back to you know, Seb, my son, they do everything on cassettes. Again? They're playing tonight. They're going to, yeah, you go to a really? store, you buy a cassette machine for 15 quid, you know? <laughs> With the, put the cassette in, click it on record. They record their entire set. They school. absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, you know? which is funny because it's funny how all those things come back. like even with you know vinyl now is super popular again, mm. as where it was completely abolished, and now it's cassettes. My my prediction is cassettes are going to be big. I get why. Uh, because they're easy. They fit in your pocket.
1: You get a little mono player. It converts stereo to mono really nicely. You know, think about how many cassette players are in people's attics, (laughs) you know, with the vinyl player. Right, right, right. Because we all had the stack, you know, we had the radio, we (laughs) had the cassette player, sometimes two cassettes where you could record from one one the other. Yeah. You know, so all these, you know, all these
0: Sonys that are in the attics, must be billions of them. Do you think people are kind of getting sick of... um of just downloading on a phone, do you think that maybe the sound quality of that's bothering? Me? Because a lot of kids don't know the difference. But for us, when you listen to vinyl yeah. or even CD or even cassette, it's so much yeah. more clear and sonically.
1: Well, sonical. MP3, MP3 compresses. That's how it works. You mm-hmm. know, it, com- it compresses the files. So the music, you know, you can play the Rolling Stones on MP3, or you can play Slayer, and basically, it's 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 yeah. the same levels. You know, everything's more or less the same because it's all condensed into that file and that's how it works Mm. and a lot of people listen to it on the phone or they listen to it on a bluetooth player or you know right but even having said that you know i mean the cassettes aren't great quality they'll be about the same quality as an mp3 okay. player, but, yeah, yeah. but you used to get like you know chrome cassettes and <laughs> yeah. these high definition you used to get Dolby with Dolby on there Yeah. so I like it me you know I'm not a big fan of uh, retro stuff I am I quite like moving forward but I do like it when things come back into, mm-hmm. into fashion come back in the vogue again you know and you can sit there going
0: yeah <laughs> I've got a few of them in a big bag in the attic you know the thing I hate about cassettes is that if there was a song you didn't like you pretty much still had to listen to it because you had to forward it and then try and guess where it ended <laughs> Yeah, but that's where the twin deck one comes in. I do. You make a playlist,
1: you uh, yeah. Oh, you get, the scissors, <laughs> you, make, you get the scissors out and snip the songs out <laughs> that's, that's if you're there. really geeky. <laughs> you know really right? to do that, yeah, A bit yeah. of
0: sellotape. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about new albums and albums, it's interesting because someone like a Gene Simmons says, I don't want to make new albums anymore because you don't make any money off it and it's not worth it. But yet, Saxon still every two years. Well, I mean, Twisted <laughs> Sisters said the same thing. Right. You know, there
1: are some bands out there just want to play their old big hits and, mm-hmm. and play festivals in front of, you know, tons of people. Right. And, uh, and just go out and do their thing but um for us you know we we went through a a period a a bad period when when the you know the the british metal thing was like quite down um so we had to survive so we we survived really by making keep making records keep writing songs keep touring you know because we're old school you tour on an album you don't just tour for the money right right so, you know, it's good if you can do both. Yeah. But if you haven't got an album, you can't do that, can you? Mm. So, And the thing is, with somebody like Kiss, they can't go and do, uh, you know, 100 shows in Europe. They just come into a big festival or a big mm. arena or something and then go to the next country. So, you know, their concept of, of touring is different anyway, you know, when you're that big. Right, but you for know, Saxon... It, it's different, you know. But for Saxon, you guys...
0: Can go everywhere in
1: Europe. We play everywhere. We do play everywhere. Yeah. We play. We play massive festivals. We play big shows. We play small shows. We, we just love touring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, we're trying to. We're trying to. Bring it in a little bit on the next tour. How do you mean? Well, we're trying to do, like, you know, maybe bigger shows in in less towns or something. So we can put in a bigger production. Right, right, right. You know, because I think people want to see the big lights and the big eagle, you know, and sometimes the castle set from Crusader days. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, people want to see the production and, and that you know, they will go and see it. But that doesn't mean to say we won't be back the year after and do, like, you know,
0: Yeah. Some nice, nice theater or club in the corner of the... You know, you said, actually, I just quoted you last night. We're talking about some of the venues that we're playing on this tour and in the States too. Most of them are good, but still get a couple really crappy ones. And I'll never forget you said when we toured in the States, which we'll talk about because it was great, was you know, sometimes people don't come see you if you're playing in a shitty club because it's a shitty club. That's right. They're not going to come. That's a great that's a great theory. Well,
1: that's right. And also,
0: you don't get a younger audience in those clubs
1: because you know, sometimes they're 21 mm-hmm. or definitely 18. So, you know, and sometimes your parents won't bring their kids to a club like that because it's a bit like hardcore. Right. You know, it's got a hardcore, yeah. you know, reputation. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying, you know, the. It's, it's sometimes better if you're in a theatre or something that's a little bit, not, not sort of better, but just maybe the, ticket, the tickets, you know, sort of cover 14-year-olds and things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if people want to come and bring their family or young kids want to come and see the band, they can do. Mm-hmm. Especially like, you know, say Fuzzy, you know, you've got wrestling uh, f- uh, fans as well yeah. who are quite young. They wanna come and see you play in a band. Right. Sometimes they can't get in. Right. You right, know, right, right, you know right. what it's like. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, particularly in America, it's difficult. You know, choosing that level. In in in, in Europe it's a little bit different because they can segregate gigs sometimes. So you have like a, a an area where people right. can't buy booze. You know yeah, I mean? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I noticed something you guys have been touring the States quite a bit and it'd been a while. I think when we went out in 2013, you hadn't been to the states for a few years. Now it seems like every year you're going. Well, we we well, were there two sometimes twice a year. But, but but there was a time like I don't think you had toured in the states a lot before 13. That's
1: right. I think I think now a lot of that was down to uh, maybe uh, record company agent management. Mm-hmm. You know they weren't really clued in to that side of things. You know right, the right, European right. thing was so big. Mm-hmm. You know let's just do Europe, Europe. You know that so um, we lost during in the states mm-hmm. you know is is, is a, it might not be the home of metal but it's definitely the home <laughs> of rock and roll right so you know what i mean yeah, it, yeah. it's a great place to be and american is is so fired up for all, all everything rock and roll you know it, it is it
0: is a rock and roll absolute i always know, say um, kingdom over there that tour that we had with Fozzy in and saxon saxon and Fozzie, uh yeah one of my favorite tours I've ever had and I said I always tell people this I have never insulted somebody with my best insults that I have from me to you and received the best insults from you to me I saved the best ones (laughs) mate. there's a I save the best <laughs> ones for people that are bigger than you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Every morning Just we get on like a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. But that was such a fun tour, man. It was yeah, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a long one. We 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 both yeah. shared. Yeah, we, we had a good time on that. We did tour. have a good time. Yeah, I
1: mean, we like to. You know, when you're touring, you you can't be stressed too much because mm. it's a stressful environment anyway. Right? Because you got to get on. You got to do this. You got to VIP, You got to. You know, and you got to yeah, get out the gig. You can't get in before a certain time. So it's all rush, rush, rush. And and uh, you know, everybody wants a sound check. You know I mean so you got to get on and off, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, the first band that's on usually sound checks longer than they play, but that, you know that's how it goes. You yeah, know? that's right, right part right. of the course, isn't it? But um, yeah, it, it's uh, you know you have to get into touring and you have to focus and be mentally prepared for it. But you have to have a good time, you know, with mm. with the boys, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, very it's important. Like, it's like a it's like a huge gang of guys out on tour, you know, and it's like. It has to be very sort of like you say, insulting, mm-hmm. very work like, you know. Yeah. Like remember, it is. You know, it's not PC correct when you're on <laughs> tour, mate.
0: <laughs> I remember one time we uh, we played Vegas and a bunch of strippers came to see us. I took a picture with them. I said, "Biff, see what this is? They're called girls. That's what <laughs> you might see them at your show once in a while." <laughs> yeah, but what that, did I said, they're my daughters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there were a lot, the, still to this day the chicken story. ...is still such a great story. The chicken
1: yeah, well, yeah. story well, cause Yeah, Yeah, well, because
0: you were mad that, that no, I we had... No, we weren't mad. Well, you were asking, what happened? We were pretending to be mad. <laughs> you walked in one day and were like, how come you have chicken? I said, well, because I put it on the rider. I said, you can do it too. You're the
1: headliner. I don't believe a word he's saying. He did not put it on the rider. I did so. He had our tour manager, who was our tour manager, actually. It wasn't the coidline show. Was that right? They were supporting, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He had our tour manager fetch a chicken for him every night so one night we had a chicken which we ate and we put the skeleton of the chicken in his bag and took out his chicken left it in the dressing room and when he found it you could have heard him four miles away where's my Hey, chicken! And we were laughing our asses off. Well, so since then, the chicken story's it's been a, a, a good connection but, between Saxon and Fozzie. But
0: then the last, the last show you guys played was in Vancouver. I sent him out, same guy, tour to manager, to get five silver platters and five chickens. <laughs> right. And we brought them on stage for you guys doing you did, wheel, yeah. Wheels of Steel. to chicken. You know,
1: <laughs> nothing wrong with chicken.
0: Do you remember the uh, show we did in San, uh, San Antonio? you remember the story behind that? Yeah. When we showed up in the... Uh, we were supposed to play a venue there, and the venue was a Halloween. They changed it that's to a right. Halloween haunted house.
1: Yeah, we changed it. We, we played outside, didn't we? On the back right. of a trailer, wasn't yeah, it? Right. With uh, we had some Christmas lights, didn't we, for yeah. for the light show? And it was absolutely rammed. Yeah, uh, 4,000
0: yeah, people there. But,
1: you know, after it, the the the, the promoter <clears throat> said, "Oh, there was only fifteen hundred in." That's right. But Listen, but the thing is, we went. Uh, we were videoing the the queue. As we came into the town, yeah? Yeah. So we videoed the queue. So our agent counted the queue. You know what I mean? And said, <laughs> no way. <laughs> There's 2,000 people in that queue, mm-hmm. mate. And, you know, people came after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you guys get a lot of that still to this day of promoters
0: trying to pull that no, sort of stuff? No, no, no. one's It's ju-
1: ju- it just, you know, those outdoor things when somebody just set up the day. Yeah. They've got what they call rubber walls, haven't they? You know.
0: They're just as big as you want them to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that, we literally had to basically build a stage out of nothing. We did, and it rained. To put on it, the show. It rained. Yeah, and it and rained. I think, actually,
1: I think the true manager canceled the show. Mm. and Somebody phoned me at, at the hotel and said, uh, the show's been canceled. Your true manager's canceled. I was like, whoa, hold everything. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Went down there straight away. I said, we don't can
0: cancel shows unless we say we're canceling mm-hmm, shows. Mm-hmm. right?" So, right. You know. I remember you like So remember, we put it back on. Yeah, like your attitude was the show will happen one way or another. This is this show is happening. That's happened. right. You know?
1: We got electricity. Yeah. We got the guys here. You know? and That's all being, we need. Ended up being a hell of yeah. a show. We've been playing sure. in the dark, don't matter. Yeah. People have got phone lights on their <laughs> yeah. phones now, you know. They could hear, hear us. It's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. What was what
0: was your first tour of America? Do you remember that? It was with Rush. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, the yeah. moving picture store. Oh, wow. So that would be... I still get 1980. That would be... Would albums that for you, Power and the Glory or... No,
1: uh, before that? No, no, no. It wasn't Power and the Glory. It was... Uh, the first album? Would, no, it Strong Arm.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah.
1: yeah, because they both came out at the same time in America, didn't oh, they? Oh, right, right, right. But more or less. Yeah, it would be Wheel Strong Arm. Mm. It was great. It was like, you know, 30 dates. It was good. How was it for you coming to America the first time? Oh, it was crazy. It was like sold-out arenas, you know, mm-hmm. twenty five thousand the first time I'd ever seen anybody put a cigarette lighter up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We did. I can't remember what song we did. We did a song that was balladish. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not, we don't do ballads, but yeah, right, it right. was balladish. Yeah. And all the lighters went up, you know. I, actually, I think it was Dallas 1 p.m., you know. Really? Are they during the slow part? Yeah, I think I think so, yeah.
0: The lighters went up. We were like, whoa. That was a pretty cool thing. We theme. were like
1: them, you know, spacemen
0: on there. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> that was a cool moment, actually. Me and Nibs, when we were in Dallas, went to that area where JFK was shot. Yeah. It was just... With Racineau. Yeah, with right? It was basically right in the same area. Yeah. Where did you write that song from, Dallas 1pm, being British guys, English guys? Well, I remember concept. it on TV. Yeah. You know, 63, was it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> that would be what, 12 or something like that?
1: Yeah. 63, 12, 13? Yeah. 12, 11, 13, something like that. Right. Anyway, I'm not doing the maths. <laughs> but so, yeah, I remember seeing it on TV and um Yeah. It like you know it came back to me later on when i was like thinking of lyrics mm-hmm. i mean things do don't they you know yeah it's, you it's know a... what you some things you you've put in your head you know and they come back you know that's that's how it is
0: i always like those intriguing song titles though like dallas 1pm like what does that mean yeah it's interesting, you know? exactly yeah it's cool Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever rock and wrestling rager at sea. Picture this. Rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018, from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Let's talk about your new album a little bit now so Thunder, yeah thunderbolt right yeah uh another one that you mentioned when we went out it was sacrifice and then after that it was battering, battering ram. ram yeah so yeah every two years you guys are like clockwork on a new record well it,
1: you know we, we like to do it every you know we like to start uh, we like to have a year and then start the next one mm-hmm. you know pretty similar to the last one really right in
0: our collection of, of tracks really and you work with andy sneep again yeah, does he challenge you guys at this point? Or does he just let you do what you want? Because he's he's a pretty cheeky guy. Steve
1: Well, the thing is, um, I let him produce this one because you know I co-produced the last one, right? Which meant I was there a lot, <laughs> right? But I let him do this one basically, and uh, yeah, he did a good job, did a great mm. job actually. Does he? Does he push you? He, he always pushes you, Andy. Is uh, you know, you know, he, as long as you don't end up sounding like hell, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Band, <laughs>
1: hell yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty unique. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has a great grasp of, uh, of um, you know, 80s bands as well. Mm-hmm. So although, he's a, you know, he does a lot of modern acts, he, he can, you know, he does tread the line quite, quite well. I mean, he does a great job for us. I, I've not heard the Priest album that he's just done. Right, but if he's doing as good a job on them as he has on us, then he's going to be a killer. Also, well, I'm sure
0: he has, right? Because you know. he did that with Accept. He did it with. Uh, well,
1: Accept aren't a metal band though. They are, but they aren't, are they? Accept are like a little bit different. Hmm. They're a bit more. Um, they're a bit more. Can I can't put it. I can't. Can't really put it. They're a heavy bit more,
0: AC/DC. Or they're something? a bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're a bit more 80s, aren't they? <laughs> right, uh, right, right. Heavy ACDC, Yeah, mm-hmm. they're a bit. I think they're still trying to write a, a radio hit. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
0: They're not they haven't really mm. um you know, crushed the whole metal when, thing. When you,
1: you know when what you, I mean? When you
0: talk about a radio hit, and I will get back to the album in a second. A sax never had a radio hit? In Europe, yeah. which song? Several. Are,
1: we'll, are these songs
0: we'll, that are coming people just picking up the album and playing? Or are they actually songs No, no, and, no, like, it's single singles, singles, singles charts. TV right. and all
1: the rest of the kabamming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had Wheels of Steel, mm-hmm. uh seven four seven. Uh, both top twenty, I think. Wow, I think maybe some for some was top ten. Never surrender was a big one. Bands played on was a huge one. Oh, okay, Princess okay. of the Night was was quite a big single. Um, should I go on? <laughs> no, probably not. Look on Wikipedia, mate. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. look, just Google it. Thought- <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of hit hit uh, hit songs in America. Um, I think uh, we had a lot of rock stations, mm-hmm. but I think the only song that got big airplay in America was This Town Rocks. Really? Yeah, I think probably because the radio stations liked, liked to put it on, you know. This how... town no outer rock, you know how to rock. They liked yeah, yeah, it back yeah. then.
0: That's kind of how it was back then, too. DJs could just play whatever they wanted to play. Yeah. You know, just choose whatever. Yeah, that's right. Was, what was that like for you when, uh, we've talked about this in the past, like I'm uh, a, a big Saxon fan from the 80s era. Yeah. You know, starting with Crusader, but then kind of going through some of the more, I guess you'd say, was it be polished era or... or... More of like the, the uh, rock and roll gypsy and that sort well, of thing. Well, I think, I think, um, uh, I just think the chemistry of the
1: band changed for some reason after, after between Power and the Glory Crusader around that time. The chemistry seemed to change. I don't, I don't think really looking at it, I was writing any, any, uh, sort of different lyrics mm-hmm. actually. I'm still trying to sing, still trying to somewhat with catchy melodies, you right? Know, like always. I, I just, I'm not trying to blame the guitarists here. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. I think some of the riffs weren't as strong. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. I, I think maybe we were struggling a bit to come up with really great sort of riffy, riffy songs. If you know
0: what I mean. Is that where you signed to Atlantic at that point, or uh... yeah, we signed to Atlantic
1: for Innocent and you know, Its Skills, right? Which is, which so is, is when, that is that when you signed? When you
0: discovered us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually came in a Crusader. All right, yeah, uh, and it was right after. Yeah, that's but right. But you could see the difference in the in the in, yeah. the, in the songs. I still really liked it, but it's different. When you signed with that label back in those days, would they tell you we want some more radio I don't, style? I don't think or? so.
1: I, I think there was always a um you know, I, I think in some respect we were governed by other bands which which is not always good. Mm. Whereas in the early days we just did what we wanted. Mm. You know, what we felt was great, which is what we do now. Right. Um but I think in that mid mid period, I think uh, you know because because the grunge thing came strong, you know what I mean, and the and the American bands came strong like Motley Crew, and Poison. Sure, they all became huge, yeah 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 yeah. You know, in that middle eighties <laughs> period, mm. I think it took away a bit from the British metal thing, uh, and those bands were huge Saxon fans, Priest fans, moderate fans. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But I think they killed it for us a bit, and I think we probably tried to compete with them a bit.
0: Gotcha. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. That, you know, like. Subconsciously, if you know what I mean, Yeah, you're trying to we, trying we just to stay. That, you know, writing things like 20,000 feet and every Metal Thunder wasn't what people wanted anymore, mm. but obviously, we were wrong, yeah.
0: yeah. You know. But there was a lot of bands that kind of fell into that uh, slide you're talking about, well, like, they, uh, they,
1: they probably fell into it more than we did, you yeah. Know?
0: I mean, but you guys, you guys pretty much kept it steady. Maybe there might have been one record like. I think maybe the Destiny record is kind of just rough, yeah. Rough, yeah. But I yeah. think Rock the Nation is a great album, very heavy. Yeah, it's very you know, heavy. That's you know, a great cool album. Yeah, recorded
1: basically quite live, really. Yeah, great oh, really. Producer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Drunk a lot of the time.
1: <laughs> great, even nevertheless. We were just
0: you know. listening to uh, Ride Like the Wind the other night from Destiny. As a matter of fact, right? Yeah,
1: that's the best song on there. It is. Without a doubt. It is. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's even a song called Jericho Siren, but that one's okay. Yeah,
1: it's not, Jericho Siren's not bad. It's
0: not bad, yeah. You know, it, it's up
1: there with, uh, you know, Baptism of Fire and all that sort of
0: thing. Yeah, kind of more rocking. Yeah. Who were you touring with at that point in time in the States? Did you do a lot of stuff?
1: Um, ourselves, actually. Just yourselves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, touring. We're pretty, still pretty, um, you know, we could still do, um, yeah, we could still do pretty good gigs there, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they don't forget that the, the, the first headline tour we did was with except supporting us. Oh, okay. And a band called, uh, was it Heavy Petting? Oh, First? Heavy Petting, yeah. And that was pretty much sold out tour. We did yeah. the Wharfdale, and big, quite biggie's gigs, you know. Right, the right. The Wharfdale, uh, Civic Center, San Antonio. So we were quite happening, uh, you know, around 86, 84, what? 85, 84, 85. Yeah. You know, after we came off the Maiden tour,
0: I was which is Power found the glory, yeah? Was that the British Metal Onslaught they called that? Yeah. And that was Maiden's first arena tour, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that broke on that tour, Yeah.
1: and uh, it should have broke us as well, mm. but um, it should have half broke us. But why, didn't it, why did it half? Because we didn't do the whole tour. Oh. We only did half the tour. Oh, okay. We did the, we did the good bit, you know, it was a good bit. We did mm. the Midwest through we the West Coast, but we didn't do the East Coast. But we were already pretty big in the East Coast. We could do two nights at Lemoore's there, you know. So yeah, yeah. we were pretty happening there. But at that it time... would have
0: been nice to do the full tour. <laughs> but at that time, Maiden and Saxon in England were kind of almost at the same level. Yeah, more or less. Right, yeah. right, 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 You know, I mean,
1: I think, you know, that Maiden Saxon tour is legendary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People still come up to me and go, hey, I saw you. Why, uh, you know, Long Beach Arena, it was
0: yeah. fantastic. You know, it's well, still,
1: it still must have been a great show, to still resonate.
0: Would you yeah. guys all go out after the shows or like hanging out? after the no, like, really. no, not really. Not
1: really, no. We'd, we'd go out with, you know, we'd, we'd end up with some girls as usual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: go out partying somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that was the thing though it's like it's funny when you go out with other bands too a lot of times you do kind of just stay in your own little camps right well
1: the thing is you know those gigs are so huge as well there's really no sort of backstage thing you should have meet people when you're eating uh-huh you know on the catering mm-hmm. yeah all right bruce yeah all right yeah, 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 yeah. And, that, and but after the gig you're usually doing your own thing with your own record company your own management you know and your own pr thing so you usually right. get whisked off to a club somewhere yeah. that's having like a Saxon night <laughs> or an after or show a party. Right. You know, so we'd always be able to get
0: there because we'd finished, you know. And once what the- I'd made and finished late, they never get there, would yeah. they? Yeah, you were know? there. You guys, you guys already drank everything and taken all the girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that time too was a big risk for them as well, wasn't that like, once again, what we were talking about before, like, we're going to put this in arenas or you'll never sell well in these arenas. That's right. And uh, then it That's does. why that
1: was such a great package. Yeah. You know, both bands were really happening. I mean, you know, Pound the Glory was in the Billboard charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that, you know, was it the Egyptian one? What what was that? A Power Slave. But I think that might have been Peace of Mind. I think Peace of Mind. No, Peace of Mind on that show. It's a great album. Yeah, absolutely. So both bands were pushing hard, you know, so. Mm. And... um, and rock radio then was just playing everybody; they were playing it all over the place, you know. So,
0: when the new wave of British heavy metal was happening, did you know what it was? Like, did you, were you realizing you were a part of it, or is it something that's just kind of more well, looking back on uh, it? Yeah,
1: we realized it was happening because we used to do quite a
0: few shows with Maiden back in the day. Uh uh-huh. You know, I mean, um,
1: we'd do like university shows, and Maiden would be on, and would be some other band headlining. Mm-hmm. So it was not Maiden would be the support bands, and we did a bit of that, you know, around about. Right. Right. Um... You know, we'd go and see them if they played the marquee. We'd go along and see them, or you know, we actually played a gig with uh, with Samson. Hmm. We supported Samson actually. Hmm. Samson and Saxon. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you know, we Bruce was singing for them. Right, 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 right. So you saw, the, you saw them kind of growing as you guys were. Well, I saw as Bruce
1: well. in Samson basically, mm-hmm. and um, you
0: know, it wasn't actually three, four years later he was in Maiden. yeah. Uh, Another band that you did a lot with over the years was Motorhead, even yeah. up until Lemmy's Passing. The sax and yeah. motor were always kind of together. Yeah, we're massively connected.
1: I mean, um, it was the first first British tour we did was with Motorhead on okay. the Bon tour. Yeah, yeah. And the the second tour we did with Judas Priest in Europe mm-hmm. on the British Steel tour. So we're quite connected historically with both bands. But Motorhead... You know, Lemmy really helped the band out in the early days. He helped you guys out? out of his way, yeah.
0: Kind of give you, know. you his blessings, sort Well, he sort of
1: well, he should have told the audience about our album, you know, <laughs> basically. So, you know, it worked. It worked great. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. Mm. He just loved the band, you know. He,
0: lo- he loved it. You and guys get uh, along really well? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been friends for a long time. Because you were on that last tour in the States where they had to cancel the bunch.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he when he had to cancel <laughs> some. We were
0: still, we were going out in Europe, weren't we, when he died. It was the, oh, next, yeah, yeah. It was the next part of the tour. Was that hard, like every night, kind of waiting to see whether Lemmy was going on or not as a uh,
1: band? Yeah, it
0: was upsetting actually uh-huh. because he was trying really hard, you know, mm. to to do
1: the shows. And right, sometimes, right. you know, one was up in the Salt Lake City, was it? Mm. Up in the mountains, where he got really bad mm. with his breathing. Yeah, so he had to he had to come
0: off stage. It's hard uh, as a band too to kind of be waiting. It's like the it's canceled, guys. You know, if it gets canceled, you don't get paid, right? Well. I think Lemmy sort of,
1: you know, let us go on first, really. So, oh, just so to we make get sure. Paid, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. They never, they never really cancelled many
0: shows. They always turn up with the gear, mm-hmm. you know, to try and put the show on. Right, right, right. You know, um, yeah, man. He was. Uh, he know, I got fairly close over the last couple of years of his life, and I was at his uh, birthday party. About two weeks before he passed away mm-hmm. And he was really gaunt Really thin and, Yeah You know it was funny Because I tell the story all the time And people were all doing these like Great jams of all star bands playing And they had this big tribute On the video screen With you know I'm sure you were on it And you know Kiss and Metallica And everybody Giving all these accolades to Lemmy And he was sitting In this kind of big chair Reading a book Yeah He could give two shits He's like that though Yeah You know He, he was so
1: um, down to earth Lemmy. Mm-hmm. He you was know? embarrassed buy the whole yeah. adulation of it. He's know? a northern lad, you know. Yeah. So you know, he didn't. He, I think Lemmy, um, Lemmy um, liked to be famous. Mm-hmm. He liked the fame, but he didn't like anything else to do with it. He didn't like. It wasn't. It didn't really have that sort of ego thing. You know, I, I'm Lemmy. You know, you know, you have to do this, this, and this. Right. He, he was. He liked being. He liked meeting famous people. You know this is what he liked to do and he liked to play on different people's bands he liked being friends with slash and you know and, and keith richards and all this and and that's what he liked to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and he liked to play rock and roll yeah
0: yeah, yeah. obviously right and he,
1: and he um you know he, he died basically doing what he liked really
0: you know and you did uh um i'm not sure was it at some kind of awards show or something. you sang for motorhead right i did yeah yeah
1: yeah, I think got most of them wrong, but it's the thought that counts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who played bass on it? Uh, Nibs. Okay. Yeah. it's a funny story, uh, Nibs learned Ace of Spades off the album, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, he started it, you know, at, at that speed. Yeah. So we played Ace of Spades. After it, Mickey Mickey was like, God, oh, that was fast. <laughs> and Nibs was saying, I just learned you off the album. That's the speed, man. Can to issue he her? <laughs> he's going yeah i'm sure that's the
0: speed right <laughs> but so, when you're, you're talking about like legendary you know english rockers i mean in a lot of ways biff bifford is is now that lemmy's gone and obviously you, you, no one will ever replace lemmy but you're almost that guy now in a lot of ways so,
1: so yeah i suppose so you know, what I mean? you I, know rob's up there still isn't Halford's up there yeah. right sure, sure yeah i suppose so I, I don't really think about it to yeah. tell you the truth i mean i think um a lot of uh motorhead fans you know have always been to come see us and um you know i, I hope that people find that connection because there is a connection between sax and motorhead mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. i mean our early 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 thrash metal stuff you know that uh that lars likes <laughs> you know that wouldn't be around if it wasn't for motorhead right yeah. You know what i mean because that all that fast playing you know it's it's um uh, it's it's you know those are some of the bands we learned because Modjo were massive when we first started you know there didn't
0: wasn't your drummer ended up being their drummer I yeah yeah
1: for a year until Lemmy sacked him oh.
0: and yeah then you took him but you took him after or? no you
1: no know, Lemmy took him oh. after he left <laughs> us and then you sacked him <laughs> tell some stories about him I was like yeah we know
0: <laughs> now, how is it for you you've had you've had a pretty solid lineup for the last. Gosh, 20-odd years. 20-odd 20 years. 23 years, yeah. So that's, so that's those days of kind of band member switching are pretty much over for you guys. Well, yeah, we got rid of the Spinal Tap element of the band, didn't we? So <laughs> it's good, you know. What's
1: the Spinal Tap element? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Oliver uh, in particular, you know, keeps saying the entire film's based on him. <laughs> So he can have that if he wants. That's fine by me. If
0: that's his claim to fame, then... uh, Yeah. yeah. It was always bad in the 80s when uh, there was a guy in a a metal band that was bald. I always felt bad for
1: him. (laughs) Well, that's Steve Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you know, the guy in Spinal Tap modeled himself off Steve Dawson, obviously. Harry
0: Shearer, the bass player. Yeah, he
1: modeled himself off with a mustache and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I can understand that. But, I mean, you know, there's so many things in Spinal Tap that are actually from other bands you know, Sabbath with the Stonehenge things, and there's all sorts of things, you know. Was and, there uh, any of it based on you? Yeah. You? Uh, don't think so, I okay. know, because they have got a singer, have they? It's a the guitarist. Thing. Right, 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 so, right, right. right. But I'm all sure, that's... they would have done it if they had a singer. <laughs> but uh, it was a bit of spandex on there. But um,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, it's a great film. It's a funny film. Oh, it's classic, especially if, if you're it's in a band. It's not a documentary, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's
1: a film. Yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? Especially if you're in a band, though, because that sort of stuff happens all, all the, the time. time. Have you had some Spinal Tap moments? I'm oh, we, having one now, aren't I? <laughs> 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 when you're talking about uh uh also to uh, about about your your vocal style yeah I mean you have, oh, I have one well you yeah there actually is a style there and you actually are in tune it. but man like watching you guys play great live band of course yeah but dude I never saw you have a bad night ever vocally I mean i'm I'm sure it's you you might have but every night it's there you're one of those not rare guys but you're a guy like, like, like Dio on, I'll take rare like rare rare <laughs> rarefied hair like like McCartney yeah. or Dio uh, that still has that tone and the power at, at your highly advanced age yeah I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know why that is yeah maybe I'm not as old as
1: I think I am <laughs> maybe, maybe my mother and father <laughs> lied to me and... but
0: it's just a, just a natural genetic ability yeah just a natural thing really mm-hmm. you know do you do a lot of warm-ups? No. I remember that too. Nothing. Nothing. It's total natural. Does that make you sick? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does.
1: No, I don't do any of the wow thing. Or the oh, yeah. don't do any of that.
0: now so you just go right on stage? You just go right on stage, yeah. 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 It's amazing after that you could do that because that's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy now, you know? When you were starting, who were the vocalists that you looked up to? Or who you oh, play? um well, I was a bass player, you say. Oh, okay. Originally. So yeah. um,
1: you know, I, I didn't I didn't really give a monkeys about mm-hmm. singers because mm-hmm. bass players don't do that, regularly. Right. So um, yeah. Um I think, you know I mean obviously I like singers like Robert Plant and, and uh but I would never even try to sing like Robert <laughs> Plant, really. It's so unique, isn't it? Well you, you know? have a unique I mean, style too, like nobody sounds like Biff Bifford, you know? No, I understand that. I don't hear it myself, but I do understand it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the thing is with me, I'm a songwriter. So a lot of my my vocal style comes from writing melodies, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if if something's in a certain key, some some singers will change it. You know, if a guitarist comes and it's in B, some singers will go, I don't like B. Or I don't like C. Mm -hmm. You know, it's too high or A. For me I just sing in any key, so <laughs> it doesn't really sometimes it doesn't really make any difference. Sometimes to me, they're but, in the same song. But I do teams. listen to it sometimes and think, Well if that if that song was a tone lower, you know, my voice would hit that really, yeah. Really powerfully, yeah. not squeaky. Right, you right, know, right. But you know. You know, guitarists are like they just write their wrists. <laughs> you know what they're you. feeling like that day. You know, like, well, it sounds better in E, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's all of the last 300 songs. They've all been in E. you know. Right, so right, right. Yeah. The Vocally, up a bit. Let's have yeah. a. Let's have a. You know, F. That's a good key. Nobody uses. You know. Yeah. yeah. Who writes the majority of the songs for Saki? Now, um, me and Nibs do. Okay. Yeah. Pure and simple, because Nibs's output is 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 quite big, mm-hmm. and. Um, he doesn't seem to have any time off. He's like me. Mm-hmm. So me and him are like monsters of work. So we just, you know, work on the songs together. I mean, the the boys play them, obviously, and put their bits in yeah. here and there. But generally, the, most of the nucleus of the ideas come from me
0: and Nibs. Let's talk about you being with uh, Paul Quinn since the beginning of the band, the two original members of, of Saxon. Yeah. A very interesting, uh, unique guy, Quinn, is. At first, I didn't know, well, like, half the time what he was talking about, and then you kind of have to slip into Quinn world. Yeah, you have to, you have to go to plenty, plenty, uh, plenty <laughs> or wherever he's
1: from and, uh, and speak that language of... Uh, of It's a bit like Spike Milligan, actually. I don't know if anybody out there knows Spike Milligan's uh, work. It, but he's a bit, he's his very zany humour. Yeah. And uh, and when he's telling the joke, he always ruins it because he laughs at it too too early. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? so. Yeah. You, you just left there staring at an open, you know, empty space. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Should I laugh, or, or what did he say then? You can't even give him the courtesy laugh because you're not sure where it's supposed to be. No, you end up, it's a bit like talking to a French guy. He just keeps saying yes all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you don't know the language, you know, getting into serious trouble. But that's, that's. I mean, that's a long-time relationship with you with you and him. Pardon? A long-time relationship. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hot and cold, sweet and sour.
1: You know, like everything is, mm-hmm. it's
0: good. Do it do do you, was- do, you, do, you uh, do you guys make decisions together? Or you basically, do you? Just, no, input? no. Yeah, they're, they're
1: not really into that. Yeah, just no, leave it up to the you. band. Aren't
0: really into that. Yeah. Right, right, right. They don't. They don't want to know about the business side of things. So when you're talking about business side of things, and then, then we're talking about the record with, with Thunderbolt, and you're getting ready to go to a new tour, what's your idea? Do you still play the same places you want to play? Are you trying to expand? Into no, we're other trying places? to expand. Everybody. I mean, everybody's trying to. Expand. Yeah, I mean, it should be. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, you don't want
1: to be building a bloody, um, you know, you don't want to be building an empire or anything, but uh, you need to expand. Mm-hmm. You know that—that's the whole idea of it, right? Know? So, yeah, you know, like next year, instead of playing, uh, instead of playing, um, you know, the the Empire in Shepherd's Bush, we might do uh, the Roundhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like seven hundred people more, right? You know, that sort of thing. What well, about
0: country-wise?
1: countrywide yeah we're, do, we're doing less shows actually we're doing less shows yeah. and, and a bit
0: bigger yeah well, how was the tour with ufo on the states you did two legs that was good them. yeah, yeah was that's good. a good mix good. right
1: uh, pardon it's a good mix like a good build. it's a great mix it's yeah. like a 70s band and an 80s band really
0: oh. i mean i
1: think you know musical musical generations they're like the the one before us mm-hmm. i mean we they the influence of massively ufo you know sure it's like i think what's their tagline your favorite band's favorite band yeah i mean, you know force it was one of my favorite albums for years still is you mm-hmm. know i love Schenker's, Schenker's um import into ufo we toured with ufo in the 80s with uh with chapman playing guitar oh paul chapman yeah. Right, right yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that was pretty cool yeah obviously they can't remember it
0: at all <laughs> <laughs> was it was at harvard we toured with you in
1: 1981 man really <laughs> did you so, yeah, but, but that's such a, nice guys UFO.
0: They're, they're lovely. You well, know? that's another thing. Like you talk we mentioned Motorhead. You mentioned UFO. Like Saxon was never known as like the band that's completely off the rockers, causing problems or drinking too much. I mean, I don't... no,
1: we we were never hell uh, hellraisers mm-hmm. in public. Anyway, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> but no one in Saxon ever went to rehab. No, no, no. We should That's have opened one. We should have invested <laughs> our money in a rehab. We'd have made, we into- made millions. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were always into tea. Well, it's so all they said, but yeah. Yeah, it was one of the things that we were sort of known
0: for. English tea? English tea, yeah. So when you went to the States, could you find it? Yeah, you can get it now, yeah. But I mean back then.
1: Oh, back then, no, no. We had to use the bloody um, English breakfast tea, the twining stuff, <laughs> they pick between the,
0: between the rows of tea Would of you have to try time. and import the tea? Pardon? Import your, the special tea? Like from yeah, England? I tried that, yeah. Yeah. yeah it
1: all right. Yeah. You just end up drinking coffee, though, don't you? uh uh-huh. I And mean, You just end up drinking coffee or, or um, wine
0: or brandy or something else, you know. What was the biggest uh, difference even now between the States and England when you go over there? I don't really know, to tell you the truth. I,
1: I don't really, you know, people ask me this question all the time. Chris, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, if you were to transport that audience to England or vice versa, I mean, I, I think American audiences like to make a lot of noise after the after the songs. Mm-hmm. European audiences like to make a lot of noise during the songs. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like they, they, when you're in America, there's not a lot of the hey, hey, hey going on. Uh, you know. Without prompting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Europe, it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think in America, if something happens with the lights, you know, or or a guitarist comes to the front of the stage, there's a huge cheer in America. Whereas in Europe, it's like, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that pause before. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, Americans like like a spectacle. I think mm-hmm. they really like the lights and the sound and the band to be, you know, larger than life. How, I think how, in Europe, you can be a bit more, a bit more punky. You know what I mean? You yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit or more. Punk rock, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just that, I mean, I love them both, really. I love both things. But you have to, You know, I mean, you've done it. Mm-hmm. You'd have to mentally adjust yourself to European audiences, to American audiences.
0: But even that, it also goes like when you're talking about the size of the halls, too, like when you're talking about... You know, I, I I think a couple of years ago, you guys uh, uh, headlined Valken. Yeah. And we've, we've headlined a few times about big, it, Yeah, we did. Yeah. Big <clears throat> production and big yeah, you know, yeah. action going I remember yeah. Quinny on a cherry cherry picker going out over the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go from that to we played, I think it was like Spicoli's Rock Garden in Dubuque, <laughs> Iowa. It's <laughs> so what? Yeah. Yeah. So you just like. It, it's rock. Ball. Just go and play. Yeah. You like doing both? Yeah.
1: I like doing in between. Yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the big big spectacle shows are fantastic if the audience are with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all great. Um but a little a little club can be special, you know. Yeah, it was. Hard you know you've the been you there, you know hard. what it's like. Yeah, yeah. of course, you know? of course, of course. I mean what's better, a rammed club or or ninety thousand people, you know, that aren't really listening. Hmm. You know, you're hmm. on at three in the afternoon and yeah,
0: yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying to queue up and waiting for the next band or exactly. something along those lines, you know, right? Yeah. What's your biggest country at this point in time?
1: I would say, um, I would say it's got to be between Germany, Sweden, or or UK at the moment. Hmm. But America's coming up fast, really. It really yeah. is, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Bastian
1: Ram did really doing, still doing really well in America. That's great. So you know. I mean, the videos had, uh, you know, a million and a half views, which is not, not normal for, a, for, no. a, for a, a band of our age. Right. So, you know, yeah. some of our vids are up there, really. And, and there's no women in it. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, you've still got to have at least two women <laughs> scantily clad walking across the back of the stage, right? <laughs> yeah, right, you know, yeah. Back of the Back of the video. You know, I've noticed in your videos there's uh, scantily clad women in there. Of course. But, um, no, I think it's good. You know, it, it was um, shot it in a garden at night. Mm-hmm. You know, right?
0: <laughs> but that's the way because back in the '80s, you had to get on MTV. It was so important yeah, yeah, to get on yeah, MTV. Yeah. Now you just put it up on YouTube. Put it up on and YouTube and can see if people like it. Yeah, and yeah. actually,
1: it's amazing what people like. Yeah, you, know, you never know. I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah. Apart from you know, I mean, all our videos with girls in have got millions. <laughs> but some of the ones, you know, some of the ones that you think, whoa, you know, yeah. But somebody told me that yeah, yesterday, uh, Princess of the won eight million. That's crazy. You know, it's crazy, and, it, and it's done. It's done nine million streams on Spotify.
0: You know, what I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of streams, isn't it? How is that for you? Like, obviously, being in the business for so long, and we talked about cassettes and vinyl well, it now? Well, I made fifteen quid on that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: What I mean, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't mind it. Yeah, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those guys that mm. that go after you know Spotify and. It's all exposure, isn't it? It's exposure. They should pay more money. You know, Apple. I, I mean, iTunes is better. You know at least you pay 99 cents for a track you mm-hmm. know so you get something but spotify it's like a you know it's like you pay money in and you can download wherever you want sure right. it's all right you know
0: it's yeah. all right i mean it's all just the way for your band to get more listens and views yeah disclosure. i mean you know
1: it's all right if you're somebody like you know katie perry that's getting you know 38 million downloads right, right you right, know right, then right.
0: there's some serious money there isn't there as uh, just as we start winding down here we talked about mtv was mtv pretty uh was it important to try and get on mtv back in the um, and did I you I think it was important uh, in that middle Ages period yeah mm-hmm. I think around you know
1: around um, um, I think it probably started to queue in around big time 83 mm-hmm. you know Power and the Glory time Crusader time
0: so, yeah, we did do video with producers that were gay. Did you have something. any any success at
1: MTV? Um, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Just Let Me Rock was quite a big one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Power and the Glory got a lot of play on that. Mm. We were running around in rubber suits for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. But, you know, at least we were playing in a castle. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. So, right. yeah, you know. That was
0: kind of the 80s thing. If you I think our
1: manager was a big weed smoker. That's the only <laughs> thing I can put it down
0: to. Or he took a lot of LSD or something, you know. But then there was always the ones like where you guys were riding in the back of... of a a semi-truck like we never did one of them was it with rock and roll gypsy weren't you guys in the back of a truck or something like that that? no that was the arctic thing yeah yeah. oh yeah i thought you meant the flatbed
1: driving through town playing
0: live (laughs) yeah not that we never got we passed through that one (laughs) yeah you know what was was the other one it was rock and roll gypsy and was oh back on the streets yeah that was what i was like it looked like you shot them both at the same time that was great fun though was it yeah yeah What, what happened yeah,
1: we're just down in Spain with a huge film crew. It was like it was like a film, a proper film, you know, <laughs> catering and cineflex yeah, yeah, yeah. cameras and yeah. gaffers and pullers and you know. It's amazing
0: how much money they would spend. Oh, all that it sort was. Of stuff I'm sure it was half a million right? quid. You know, it was yeah, like yeah, great. Yeah. You know, and of course that comes. Right, people think like, oh, this is great, but it's coming right out of your yeah, totally, Yeah, I mean, the right. manager,
1: and yeah. manager, and producer, director had <laughs> helicopters scouting sites, and it was already there. You know what I mean. So- <laughs> I'm saying it was like Clint Eastwood's sort of, uh, you know, that spaghetti Western yeah. thing. There was that, and there was there's another one over the hill from uh, Conan. Oh, okay. You know, I wanted Conan, but they wanted the uh, thing. But they had to have a helicopter to find it.
0: Oh, you wanted to do a Conan video? I wanted
1: to do it in the Conan set, right? Oh. It would have been cool, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Just, and that back in those days,
0: like I want the Conan site, Yeah, I the, with the big, just full so site, the yeah. Aztec temple. Just amazing how much money you're spending yeah. on all this stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, last final question is: What's your favorite song from uh, Thunderbolt? Like that, you're excited to start playing? Well, live?
1: I can tell you about couple of tracks. Do you want an exclusive? Please. Mm, I don't know if I should give you. No,
0: well, please, Biff. Yeah,
1: I so promise I'll give you some chicken. Please, <laughs> pretty please. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Only if you stop riffing up my moves live, okay?
0: Okay. Am I doing that now? Which my? Yeah, I've seen it on the beat, jumping up man. and People down. Keep sending me.
1: Oh come yeah. on! He's getting the audience clapping and everything.
0: Oh, he's getting the audience clapping. Wow! I think we stole that from Elvis.
1: <laughs> he's doing hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I've done a duet with Yoan from um, A Man of Mouth.
0: Oh, nice. One of the tracks. That's cool. That's it. That's an exclusive. What's That's the, the track called? called? I'm telling you. Oh. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, look out for that. Look out yeah. for the nameless song. Actually, it's called Predator. Predator. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm, that's good. That's. I mean, they got a lot of steam right now. Pardon? They got a lot of. steam Oh yeah, right they're great.
1: Mm-hmm. They were huge fans of theirs. They're great guys, mm-hmm. you know. And the big, big Saxon fans are from Sweden. Right. Okay. You know, back in the 80s, we were bigger than sliced bread there. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was that's our maybe, biggest that's, country.
0: You mentioned that was one of your biggest. Yeah, we biggest went there too. with
1: no idea. Hmm. You know, we went there from playing Hammersmith. You know, 3,500 people to, to Sweden, 12,000 people, two nights. It's like, what? With no idea? Yeah, no idea. How does that even happen, right? It's just crazy. Yeah. I, you know, it was like crazy. It was like just pop stars or something going on there. Mm-hmm. It was just nuts. You know, they just they just loved us. I guess for
0: whatever reason, there's just certain... Yeah, we just hit or-
1: that, um, you know, school kids generation. And yeah. They just took us on as their favorite band and... Um, all those bands in, in Sweden, you know, were all huge Saxon fans when they were growing up. Hmm. Whether they were like six years old or whether they were twelve, you know, they all remember Saxon, right? They knew from the bands from those days, right? Pretty much like America, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the all those guys who who, who became uh, you know big in the middle eighties were huge fans of Maiden, Saxon.
0: From yeah. the 80s period. Oh, yeah. Well, I think one of them. I mean, t- they loved,
1: they, they got our albums, you know, we were like the biggest cult band on the planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I love this band, you know. Well, the and famous. I remember st- Gene Simmons telling me that he was listening to, he was doing some band, I can't remember it was, Warren to somebody, I can't remember, mm-hmm. and they were listening to the, how the guitars did different riffs on left and right. Oh, You know how yeah. we did that,
0: yeah. you know. Wasn't Metallica's first, Made basically one of their first gigs opening for Saxon? It was, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the
1: last game to see
0: is in Brighton. Oh. On the um must have been the denim and leather show. He used to do that. we were like I told you, I saw him in Birmingham Birmingham in the other night and the guys from Diamond Head were there and he stayed on Brian Tatler's couch when he was fifteen and followed yeah. Motorhead around and do you do you remember a guy like do you remember a kid like that? Did he make himself known? Oh more? we had loads of people. A lot of
1: press guys, early press guys used to hang around with us quite a lot. Mm. You know, getting
0: the booze and the girls. <laughs> but you don't remember a little kid called Lars coming?
1: No, around, he didn't. Right? He didn't hang out with us.
0: Yeah, uh, probably
1: tried. But imagine, yeah. But we were playing pretty big
0: gigs then, so he probably couldn't get back to see us. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. How does it feel for you when the biggest metal band, basically maybe of all time besides Sabbath, are huge Saxon fans? They used to play heavy metal thunder before the show every night. They did. Don't they do that anymore? They've used. Uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Now the,
1: that, we used that. They ripped that off us.
0: Well, you'd better call them. No. <laughs>
1: they can do
0: that. You don't have his number anymore. Yeah, you have I do. Calls Handler. I do. <laughs> it's, it's funny. In my phone. We, we were uh, hanging up through the night after the show. He <laughs> never and, answers, but you know. <laughs> 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 we were having after hanging off the show, and uh, it was kind of everyone was talking. So I just put on some music. I'll put on uh, i put on the Wheels of Steel album, and we're talking for a bit. And Lars is like, "Hey, man, I love Saxon, but I've been listening to pounding metal all night. Can you please turn it off?" I said, "Wait, till I tell Biff, he's not going to be happy. I'm not going to be because we play take <laughs> so and destroy. Oh yeah, I'm taking it off." <laughs> Uh, last question. What's your I favorite? That new, set,
1: new, new ACDC song. <laughs> yeah, when we... you got to the top, it's a long way down, right? <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. It's a long way down when you're at the top. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite uh, song or some of your favorite songs to sing live still to this day? To sing live? Yeah, for you. Oh, um, they're all
1: pretty good to sing live because, <laughs> because I wrote most of them know, <laughs> yeah. me- melodically. So, yeah, Princess is always great. Mm. I like the ones the crowd sing along to, you know. And um, I mean, Batroom Round's pretty cool. You yeah. know, you only need, like, if you're playing in front of 10,000 people, you only need 1,500 people to sing the first chorus, and then everybody's singing yeah, the into next it. one. Yeah. You know, that's the secret of a great of a great, um, a great, great hook, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, all of them, really. I don't really have a, a a song that I don't... I mean, some of the stuff's quite high, like some of the newer stuff, like Terminal Velocity and stuff, you know, it's quite high. It's mm-hmm. in B. But I quite like it, you know, screeching along up there. Still, no yeah, still handling it? Yeah, still handle it. Yeah, I mean... when. If you're halfway through a, a thirty-day tour or something, you know it, 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 your yeah. voice can get gravelly, but you, you can still hit it. You just, just have to, to. You to just have Johnson. to learn how to work between your your uh, your your sort of diaphragm voice and your head voice. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds really weird that, but you know you no, have a head voice, which is more like a Bon Scott sound, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a, a diaphragm voice, which is more like a not operatic, but it's more like vibratoy
0: mm-hmm. sound. And you can switch between them. Yeah. And you've been doing it as long as I have. (laughs) Since the 30s. (laughs) I remember you said, even at first, when when inner ears started becoming in vogue, that you didn't like it at first because.
1: No, I do. I'm half and half now. I sort of use it a bit and then take it out. My hearing's getting really bad Mm. uh, at the moment. Um, Mm. You know, it it can mess up your pitch a little bit, but. Yeah, you know, it's all right. It's it's, I find if you leave one in and one out, you can still get the live ambiance. Yeah, I do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, you know, take one in, one out, and then just maybe, you know, put one in if I'm singing something that's softer. Mm -hmm. We don't do that a lot, but you know, if I'm singing uh, sort of, you know, some of the newer stuff like Queen of Hearts, it's quite low, low octave. So you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better if you've got consent then you end up shouting, right, right, right. You know, rather than singing. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have that that closeness of in ear. Do you Cause still- You know, I've bought my in ear set up like a hi fi. It just sounds like a hi-fi, you know. Yeah, it sounds yeah. so brilliant. I've got echoes on there and compressors and all sorts.
0: I call it the music. cream. You got to have the cream on it. Yeah. Give me okay, some cream. Okay. Sure do you do a lot of thing else? But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> do you do a lot of shows in a row when you're on tour? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean songs, yeah, but, I, I mean, do... back in the day, we used to do
1: like 16, 17 shows. <sighs> but um, now I can do six, six. Yeah. And sometimes do nine. <laughs> you know, after a couple of days off. You know what I find the really, really easy thing to do is that if you book booking a tour, book one on, one off, two on, one off. Hmm. Just after that first initial gig, your voice sort of goes into shock, and right. a day off is great, because hmm. then it relaxes and it all heals a bit, and then you can do it, you can do it then, you know, hmm. it's just how you set up the tour. So we always try to do that. If you one on something. one off. Yeah, one on one off. i the guitarists hate it, right? Yeah, they yeah. Want to do So it. Do the managers are like forty-eight shots Yeah, yeah and that's drop right. That's right. Get the money and go home, right? That's right. But for a singer, uh, one on one off, two on one off, and then, then you go, set up then, and then go six in a row. Or whatever. Then you can do it. Yeah, interesting. It's good then because your voice is used to it. It's good. You know, I should check that out because the th- other thing is try not to talk i know it's bad saying that because we've been talking, <laughs> yeah, talking for at least five it, hours haven't yeah, we? i think so but um, yeah you know don't talk in the day because that can really mess up your your larynx because mm-hmm. you're using your lower tones all the time right so you know when you come to sing it can be because like, mm-hmm. you've you've used up your allotted time <laughs> that your, your voice card, ha- yeah. that your voice has yeah you see what i mean yeah you're I mean, right. you know, a lot of singers don't do interviews. A miserable bastard who's not doing interviews. Sometimes it's because they don't want to talk all day. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you just yeah. want to relax, drink a bit of juice, you know. Or, you know, my juice is bad. I didn't want that. But, you know, a tea bit of warm tea or, is yeah. good. You know, Yeah, something like that. You know, a bit milky. No, not milky stuff either. Yeah, yeah. But, you Don't know, there's not milk. much you
0: can drink. Yeah. Of, you know, a bit of honey. I know some singers just just drink hot water. Yeah, hot water's all right, but warm it. water. Yeah,
1: I mean, wine. Wine's okay to get rid of the phlegm off your off your throat. You mm-hmm. know, it like it takes it away. Right, and also gets you a bit drunk, which is cool. <laughs> uh, you sound much you better know, that there, way. there's certain things you can do to help your voice, and not not talking a lot through mm. the day is one of them.
0: The best way to do it, because yeah. you know, in that
1: in that. 12-hour day when you're awake, yeah. when you're singing, that that hour, hour 30, two hours is your allotted voice time mm-hmm. so that the more you do before that
0: it takes it away from the time. Yeah. It's hard not to talk, though, especially for guys like us. Well, it's hard for you not to talk. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Biff, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, cool. I'll send you some chicken. Yeah. where's my chicken i'll, I'll eat it <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to the legendary biff by for the new saxon album thunderbolt is out now you can get it on amazon or itunes wherever you buy music produced by andy sneep who now uh, incidentally is in judas priest uh, replacing the ailing glenn Tipton. so there you go everything works out great and if biff has his way hopefully he'll get a chicken uh, every single night on the priest tour and every single night in their uh, headlining tour the song that we made up and Biff was always complaining about the chicken was, I want chicken. Give me chicken. I love chicken. Digga, digga, digga. I want chicken. I love chicken. I need chicken. Digga, digga, digga. Give me chicken. I love chicken. Where's my chicken? Digga, digga, digga. Chicken. Chicken. I need more chicken. <laughs> yeah, boy. Great tour with Fozzie uh, and Saxon back in 2013. Uh, And once again, Thunderbolt available right now. And also, Judas is available right now. You can stream it on Spotify, buy it on iTunes or Amazon, and check out the new video for Painless on YouTube. Almost 1 million views in less than a month. And make sure you come see us on the Judas Rising Tour 2018, starting next Wednesday, February 28th in New Orleans. We go March 1st, Houston. March 2nd, Dallas. March 3rd, Lubbock. March 4th, El Paso. March 7th, Tucson. March 8th, Phoenix. March 9th, San Diego. March 10th, Los Angeles. March 11th, Las Vegas. March 13th, San Francisco. San Francisco, did you drove or did you flew? March 17th, Portland. March 16th, Seattle. And that's the end of the first leg. We've got a whole second leg uh, with lots of other shows. All shows available at fozzyrock.com. Get your tickets now and get your meet and greets as well, too. we got a crazy amount of meet and greets sold. Some of the shows are almost sold out. I know that New Orleans is almost capped. San Diego sold out. Uh, New York City's He's probably going to sell it, so if you want to come see fozzy VIP you get a mini concert to yourself. Just you and the other VIPers. We'll meet you. We'll greet you. We'll retweet you. We'll sign your stuff. We'll take pictures. Whatever it is you want to do, we'll be there. Fozzyrock.com. Check that out now. And speaking of live shows, I'm bringing the words of Jericho back to the UK in the spring. Those are my spoken word shows. May 21st, Glasgow. There's still some tickets left. May 22nd, Manchester. That one sold out clean in seven hours. That's all gone. May 23rd, London. Still some standing room tickets left. Uh, get your tickets at dot uk and of course it's not too late to come hang out with fozzy on the chris jericho's rock and wrestling rager at sea we set sail october 27th and for as little as 150 bucks you can reserve your cabin at chris cruise.com and remember once you book your cabin your price includes everything all the concerts comedy shows live podcasts meet and greet autograph signings the sea of honor tournament wrestling matches at sea all inclusive your food is free as well only things you pay for on the ship are alcohol and gambling and you'll be able to hang out with everybody including me and this crazy lineup of guests just announced today. Kenny Omega will be aboard the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea wrestling on board the ship. That's huge. The greatest in the world today will be there. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler are hosting so Cal Val, special cruise director Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Rey Mysterio, Conan Disco Inferno and Shane Helms from Keeping It 100, Raven, Tim and Dave from Beyond the Darkness will be scaring the pants off you, Unprofessional Wrestling Show with Colt Cabana and Marty DeRose will be making you laugh your pants back on, Don Callis and Paul Lazenby doing Kill on the Town Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Jim Brewer making you laugh your collective asses off of some of the greatest comedy you'll ever hear. Jim's also going to be rocking with a Loud and Rowdy featuring Steve Brown and PJ Farley from Trickster. Busted Open Radio is going to be there. Dave LaGreca. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, King, The Stir, The Dave Spivak Project, The Cherry Bomb, Shoot to Thrill, Blizzard of Ozzy, Fozzy will be there playing three sets. Painless is at number 22 this week. we got another top 20 hit in our hands. And of course, the Pieste de Renaissance Ring of Honor presenting the Sea of Honor Tournament aboard the ship. Matches happening in the middle of the ocean. And the winner of the Sea of Honor Tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship shot in the future. Young Bucks will be there. The villain Marty Skrill, Cody will be there. The Briscoe Brothers, Dalton Castle, Frankie Kazarian, Adam Page Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, Delirious, Cody's gorgeous wife, Brandy will be there, Cody will be there, and we'll be announcing more talent. How much more can we get? Oh my goodness. All right, and he's speaking of big talent coming up this Friday, it's the debut. Of My old friend Taz will be here on Talk is Jericho. We're going to discuss everything Taz-worthy. It's going to be a great show. Taz knows how to work the radio. He's a great guy. I've known him for years and years and years. Don't you dare miss that. Thank you so much to Biff Byford. Go check out the new Saxon, and we'll see you on Friday for Taz. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs to the Big year boy.